Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This episode of the Therapy is a Christian podcast is brought to you by the Auntie Roundtable. Have you ever, as a millennial, wish you had your grandmother, your mama, your sister, your aunties, your cousins, all their wisdom in one place at one time to hear them talk and just share all of those things and gain wisdom from real life situations? Well, look no further. The Unseen Roundtable is an event that is curated by Jada Davis of Shut Up and Keep Grinding. She is throwing tons of different curated events in multiple cities, and her first stop is going to be in Memphis. But you, if you live in Dallas, Atlanta, D.C., Chicago, don't worry, she's coming to you for her first stop is going to be in Memphis. That's right. The Auntie Roundtable is an event that is strictly curated to women of all ages. No age limit is limited to talk about real life topics. We're going to be talking about saving while struggling, mean girls in the workplace, imposter syndrome, black female veterans, navigating through grief, Financing your family's failures, women being the breadwinner. I love Jesus and my therapist. You know, that's my topic, sis. Self esteem and body image, and so much more. So please, not only meet me there, but you have to get there. The event is on October 5th at the Jack Robinson Gallery in Memphis, Tennessee. So if you want tickets, go to the untyroundtable.com. The link will be in the show notes. Now let's get to the show. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy as a Christian podcast. I am your host, Rosin Renee, and welcome to another episode of the show. Hi, my people. Hey, sis. Hi, girl. Um, I am so excited for this week's episode. Y'all are going to love this episode. I'm just like truly excited about it. So I have a story time. I'm going to try not to be long-winded, but you know... Anyway, so if you are a new listener to my podcast, hello and welcome. This is the Therapy is a Christian podcast. I am the host, Rosalyn Renee, of course, and I am really excited about this episode in particular because this is part one of a series that I am really excited about called The Other Side of Therapy. And I'll kind of give y'all some tea in a second, but of course I got to do my housekeeping as always. I always say the same thing. Follow me on Instagram, but I also am going to, yes, follow me on Instagram, but I also want you all to, I know I talked about this before, but get on my email list because the month of September, I am going to be starting a weekly email that I'm going to be sending out to people that are on my email list. Um, It's going to be on different things. I'm still thinking of like the fancy smancy title that I want to use for it. But the idea is that I just want to share more and have an extension of the podcast in other ways than just y'all hearing my voice, but sending you some encouragement via email, not to necessarily sell you anything because I don't really have nothing to sell, sis, but just be another outlet of things that I learn in my quiet time with God that I'd be feeling like, oh my God, I wish I want to share. So get on my email list. Um, 
and just like you know get involved with me because I'm gonna have some I have some things in the works before the end of the year I definitely want you to know about it and if I get enough people I probably will just do my email list and probably not spill the tea nowhere else so girl sis get on the email list so um so this is part one of a series that I am starting called the other side of therapy and I kind of wanted to explain to you really quickly before I get into the topic of why I'm doing this series. So, y'all, I actually thought of this series before my therapy appointment this past Wednesday. Um, and I went to therapy, long story short, and me and my therapist talked about discharge. And if you follow my Instagram, you kind of heard this story. And so I was talking to God a lot this week about just where I've been. And he kind of showed me like a glimpse in my head of like the next year. Um, And I couldn't see myself going past January in my head, continuing therapy. So I was just kind of like, Okay, so maybe I'll just continue to go for the next four months, which will be um, September, October, November, and December. But I couldn't see past January. And I was like, "Mm, that's really strange. Okay. So I went to therapy Wednesday, and my therapist and I were talking about this. And she was like, yeah, I was actually going to talk to you about discharge. And I was like, oh, my God, what do you mean discharge, sis? And she was like, yeah, like you're doing so well you don't need me anymore and I'm like what you mean I don't need you sis like okay so also let me tell you and let me also let you know not every therapist will discharge you I've heard this before where like therapists can keep you for on their caseload for a long time and or like whenever you like to come my therapist functions off the practice of she discharges her clients when they're doing well I understand why she does that because It can become a thing where you're doing fine. So then you're just kind of like updating her on your life and you really kind of figure things out. And that's kind of where I've been. And so I was just like, what do you mean? And I got emotional because the lady that sat in front of me, y'all, has been such a pivotal person in my la in my life the last two years and so to think of like never or I don't say never but just like not seeing her again in the capacity that I currently see her just made me feel like what is happening and so I think what I realized was it was kind of a confirmation that she said to me that I would be discharging because I had already thought in my mind about kind of what I said God showed me and aligning that with my podcast I recognize that many of my listeners have either been in therapy for a while have never been to therapy or are currently in therapy or or just stumbling upon my podcast as a Christian and just find what I'm saying really relatable. And I was finding that as I was doing episodes and no shade to the episodes that I've done in the past, but because I'm in a stage in my life now where I'm no longer really in that space of negative Thoughts and not to say, well, let me take that back. Not to say I don't ever have negative thoughts because the girl, your girl, be having negative thoughts. I have an entire toolbox of when I am struggling with things, I can go to to be able to help myself. And so there's not really long-standing times where I'm in bouts of anxiety or bouts of depression or feeling like super, super. Um, overwhelms with my relationship with God and all those kinds of things I actually am in a space where I believe in myself I feel worthy of being God's daughter God is my dad and I feel not only is that relationship with him like I can say that but I believe it And so I was finding that I was becoming in a place where I was kind of always talking about 
the past and the past things that I've gone through, which is not a bad thing because I definitely think you should share your testimony. But I want to give you all hope. Like I want to be able to share with you what the other side of this process looks like, because I think when we just talk about therapy is not fun, like it's not a fun process. And when I talk about like all the things I've overcome, I don't know if I'm really giving you what the other side of this looks like and like the toolbox that I have. Um, I go into it when I need it and I put it down in my closet when I don't need it. I'm using this metaphorically, not actually describing an actual toolbox, but I know certain things. I know my triggers. I know when I feel like I'm people pleasing too much or I need to put some boundaries in place or I need to have a really hard discussion with someone or when I'm holding a grudge, like I can recognize all of those things very easily on the other side of therapy. And so I feel like this series is very timely um, because where I am in my therapy process is coming to a close. And that doesn't mean that I will stop doing the podcast and or if God tells me to stop doing it. But I don't feel like that's where it's at because, to be quite honest with you, when I don't record, people still listen. I've gone weeks, weeks, sis, without recording and people still listen every day. And so I feel like there's a responsibility to share this message that God wants to share, not through just me, but if you are someone that is healed, if you are someone that is in therapy currently and you're seeing the benefits of it you have to share this message with other people not even just my podcast but your testimony because God desires to have this kind of relationship with him where we believe he's our dad and I genuinely believe it and wholeheartedly I don't really never really had a close relationship with my dad to know the model but I feel so secure in God that I don't really feel the overwhelm of the stuff that I used to want to do. Like, I don't feel conniving. I don't feel rebellious as I used to because I know those repercussions and those consequences from my actions, not really necessarily from God, but from my choices, hurt more than if I just kind of like brought my sin to God and said, like, I need you to help me work through this. And there's grace available for me. There's wisdom available for me, so on and so forth. And so I want to just offer this space where we can talk about the other side of therapy. And so for my people who've been in therapy for a while, you all may um, have worked through a lot of trauma. Um, And for my people that are currently in therapy, please keep going. Like I always say, don't stop. And if you've gone to therapy from listening to my podcast, praise the Holy Spirit. And praise God, because I don't think one I don't know who is impacted but also two your life is so valuable to the father that he will choose this this you know nappy-headed brown girl from Memphis Tennessee Memphis Tennessee to tell you about therapy and so I think it's a good point to bring this series to life to talk about real life things And so some of the topics are going to include um, identity. Um, I think identity is important. When we grow up in life, we don't know who we are. We're shaped by our circumstances, relationships, things that have happened to us. And so our identity is so broken. And so when we go to therapy, we're breaking down the identity of who we thought we were, which is why there's a lot of reteaching that has to happen when we seek God, seek seek him for ourselves. You find and hear the term a lot of the unlearning process because there's so much of your life you learned. And so then when it's when it's when truth slaps you in the face, you don't know how to take it because it's an unlearning process. And so I want to talk about that core belief identity piece. Um, Another topic that I'm going to talk about, all these topics are in no particular order, is the other side of relationships and relationship shifts that happen 
when you're in therapy and after therapy. There is a huge dynamic of relationships that shift. When you understand who you are, you understand the trauma you may have experienced and how much baggage you carry for other people and or how much baggage you put on other people because there's both sides of the coin, sis. And so it's an uncomfortable, I mean, that's probably one of the most uncomfortable processes and relationships include family, relationships include friends, relationships include romantic relationships, All of those things are uncomfortable throughout therapy, but there is an other side to it that's so peaceful about relationships and you in your own self feel peaceful. I'm also going to talk about areas of my life I'm still growing in. Like there's so many things that I recognize. I'm like, whoo, baby girl, baby girl, you ain't got it all the way together, girl. And... I think much of the areas of the of my life I'm still growing in come from my perceptions of my expectations of what I still want out of life and what I'm expecting to happen. And so when I struggle or I'm struggling in a particular season, I recognize my mindset has to shift and It's just learning how to be able to be like, I am, I have one of the, I'll just spill some tea. Um, So one of the episodes related to the areas of my life I'm still growing in is I constantly say when I get in very challenging circumstances, my key sentence that I always say, girl, is life is hard. Like, oh my God, why is everything so hard? Why does life have to be so hard? Why do I have to adult like this? And the reality of the situation is I've learned that life is just going to be hard and your mindset about life has to shift. And so I've done some things to try to work through that mindset shift for myself because I fold under pressure, y'all. I'm like the seed in the thorn. When the troubles of life come, I'm like, oh, <laughs> and no good word can stay on my ground. And I'm not declaring that. I'm just saying like that's what my heart can be like sometimes if I'm not under or put my heart under the obedience of Christ or if I don't really just deal with my stuff. And so there's a purity that happens when you do that. And there's a purity that happens when I really put those things under God. And I really want to teach teach you how to do that because I think we talk about quote unquote giving stuff to God but nobody really explains what that looks like and like what's that process and so that's part of that episode that I'm going to be sharing also one of the last episodes and I like again I said this is not any particular order but Holy Spirit checking you listen to me okay I just oh baby when holy spirit when when okay let me just back up real quick when there's an ever presence of the holy spirit and i don't know if everybody's um understanding of the holy spirit is my understanding and that's fine i feel like my understanding is kind of is from the word but when holy spirit check you bruh and be like look this is what's happening and this is what you're doing and this is how you are a part of the situation it is like a whole nother chicken okay that's not like when your mama used to go off on you for not taking the chicken out the freezer this is like a you your heart is judgmental you judging people that you shouldn't be judging because you have these issues so on and so forth and that may not sound like it hurts other people but When you get convicted, you're feeling the feeling of what's hurting God. And that is not a good feeling. 
It's almost like when you hear a really horrible story about a kid or something and you're like, what is wrong with the world? Like, why is this happening? How that hurts, that heavy burden of hurt and pain that you can feel internally, the empathy you feel for whatever situation it is, that hurt and pain. When you feel that about stuff that you do, you're feeling the hurt of God when you're getting convicted as a point to get corrected, to get back right. Because ultimately, our entire goal is to please the Father. And so when Holy Spirit check you and you feel like you hurting God and you're really in love with God and you believe God's relationship, and you believe in who he has created you to be and who you are with him, when he check you, bruh, it's like a whole different type of feeling. And so sis, I just want to share these things with you because... It's just important for you to recognize the other side of this and why I literally have a whole podcast on this, why I try to say Christians need to go to therapy, Christians need to go to therapy, Christians need to go to therapy, Christians need to go to therapy. And so um, that's what this series is going to be about. And I'm really, 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 really excited. So the other side of healing um, This episode is going to really be on kind of like, I'm also going to be talking about the maintenance phase of therapy, but I'm not really going to get into that until I'm out of therapy. I think (laughs) I don't even know what it's going to look like. Um, But yeah, I'm in the maintenance phase and it's, it's coming to a close in my season in this part of this. So what has shifted for me um, on the other side of therapy? What has shifted in my life since starting therapy in 2017 and coming possibly, I'm going to say possible, possibly to to a close in 2020? Um, I have some points that I want to share. And um, I think it's probably about one, two, three four or five points. And so that's what we're going to get into today. And I'm going to kind of do a little bit of teaching, but I'm just going to kind of share what's been on my mind about this. The first and most important thing that has shifted in my life. And as I'm kind of sharing these points, I want you all to listen from the lens of where you currently are. And if you're finding that these things that I'm talking about Um, Or a struggle for you or you're like that may not seem important um, or you can't even or or that you as someone that's listening, you don't have the language in yourself to describe your what you're feeling. Just listen as I'm talking about this and let Holy Spirit like check that in your heart to say like that relates to you because um Especially as as someone who's been in therapy, I have a lot of language and terms and ways to describe my feelings. And I'm very aware of the root causes of things. As someone that's not in therapy and no judgment if you're not, it can be challenging to be able to know how to describe what's really, really the problem. Um, because it takes time to process. It takes time to learn the skills to do it. And I feel like I've done that in therapy. So if you don't, if you don't know how to describe this, please don't feel any judgment from me, but also too, don't judge yourself. Like be open to this. This is part of the uncomfortableness and the feeling of why I want to instill hope in you that you eventually can get to this, get to wherever in your process is for you. Um, We always see the finished product, but we don't look at the process. We always see the diamond, but we don't look at what the diamond went through to get to the point to where it was so valuable. And so for me, as I share, just check your heart and be open to what I'm sharing. So the first thing that has shifted in my life is that I have a high, 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 high self-awareness. And I say that with confidence. Um, self-awareness in a spiritual term, in my mind, is um, the Holy Spirit. 
like Holy Spirit is so ever present and he is always present. But I think my awareness of him being there is so much more a part of my day to day life. Holy Spirit brings truth. And I think in therapy, once you dig up stuff and you dig up all the fake stuff and all the lies the enemy tries to throw at you and you really shine light on the lies and things that's in your heart that you hide, that you don't talk to, talk about, things that you feel guilty about sharing or feeling like you're going to be judged about and you share a light on that, Holy Spirit has opportunity to be present. And so because of that, I have a better idea of what's going on. When situations, when I'm angry, I, it takes, sometimes it takes me time when I'm angry because I really have to work through my emotions. But once I come down from whatever, I have an awareness of like what caused me to be upset. Um, in situations where like I'm at uh, my job and somebody says something and I'm like bothered by it. Later in the day, you may not want, you may not know, like, why am I so irritated still after this conversation? Or why am I so, like, frustrated today? Like, today was fine, but, like, that one thing irritated me. It's very easy for me to catch myself and say, no, this is what irritated you. Process through that and you can feel better. And so Holy Spirit brings a lot of wisdom and a lot of understanding Um, A lot of comfort, a lot of counsel, a lot of knowledge. He just brings to me truth. And I think his role in my life, um, Holy Spirit is the spirit of God. And I just give him the space to be present. And it makes me very aware of how close we can get to God and how much we can feel his presence in our lives when we don't function under a space of hurt anymore. Like we can really, like when the Bible talks about the true healing and when Jesus comes into your life and changes you, yes, you get like the feeling at church or you feel like this happiness all the time, or I mean happiness at church, but when you can feel it all the time and it's so practical in your life it makes it very easy to recognize why God presses so hard for us to develop relationship with him and so for me like a simple example to describe this is like time management I like so I am a time management guru I feel like I do very well with managing my time when it comes to stuff but also too i am i believe i'm highly gifted in systems and making systems for things to be better um i am a person that will find ways to make things easier on myself i just feel like that's a gift of mine but it is heightened it is heightened to a t- girl it is heightened to a point where i'd be like oh i gotta do this 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 is this and people looking at me like how are you getting all this done girl like if i told you my week this week y'all would be like how are you alive but i think i don't accredit anything to myself i literally accredit to holy spirit because there's a connection that i have with the creator of the universe, the creator of me, when I'm in tune with him, when I've sifted through my hurt, that is in is is heightened. And also too, um, I'm aware of working off um, or not, I'm aware of just like when my body feels overwhelmed, like if I'm just being practical, like when I'm anxious, my back starts to hurt. And normally I used to be like, oh, my back hurts. I have a migraine. But anxiety actually is carried in the body. Hurt and pain is actually carried in the body. And I don't remember the sermon. I want to say it was a T.D. Jake sermon where he said he was researching. Oh, for the book Crushing, I watched a sermon that T.D. Jakes was talking about this. And he said when he was researching for the book Crushing, he said that the same nerve that's inside of the brain that processes physical pain is the same nerve that processes emotional pain. 
So whether somebody stabs you in the leg or breaks or your heart broken by something, it's the same nerve. And so what he said was that emotional pain is carried in the body. And so when we emotionally are in pain, our bodies feel it. That's why we're so in connection with body and spirit. And so for me, my level of self-awareness for my body cues, when my back is hurting, when I'm feeling like I'm in a fog, I'm in a daze, I don't really know what's kind of going on, which is why I said with systems, it's easy for me to be like, oh, I got to do this, 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 this. I got to prep my food in the morning. I have to prep all my workout clothes so that in the morning time, I know me, I'm, I'm going to be rushing to get out of the house. I can just grab and go versus like, oh, my God, I got to make my lunch. And then that causes you to buy breakfast and then that causes you to not have food. And then you can't work out because you forgot your workout clothes. And it's just like I'm so in tune now with the Holy Spirit. No tooting my horn, but to say there's a different level of intimacy and a different level of awareness that I have even from going through therapy because I can recognize my gifts. I can recognize my body cues, my mind cues when I need to step back, so on and so forth. Even with things like social media, like I know when I'm feeling too much on social media, when I'm looking at people that I'm close to on social media and becoming jealous Or people that are successful and it's making me feel inferior, making me feel like I'm not doing enough. I am aware that then at that point I need to take a step back. Or if I'm stressed out and I'm spending too much time on social media just scrolling, I need to take a step back. And so that's my ability to be able to process and think through and talk through things because I am naturally extroverted I am naturally a person that has to kind of like be around people. But there's a time when I also recognize that Holy Spirit needs to pour in, pour back into me. And those are the times where I may like really get into the word and spend time with God and be in front of him and stuff. And so it just takes me. I just have that's a shift that's huge in my life right now. Uh, there's just a high level of self-awareness. Um, the second thing, and I may not get through all of the points, which there may be a part two of this part series or whatever, but another thing that has shifted in my life is I don't really anymore beat myself up. Um, I think when you're, again, it goes back to that language that I described where you don't really know how to describe what you're feeling or what's going on. This, these things are things that we aren't taught as kids. Now, everybody may not be taught feelings and how to talk through situations and how to um, have adult conversations to do to handle conflict. Like we aren't naturally just taught that, sis. We ain't. And so there's a barrier with us in or there's a deficit that we haven't learned how to describe feelings and we haven't learned we just kind of just hold grudges and keep it pushing and so for me although I would sometimes blame people I would beat myself up way more than anybody could ever beat myself up and I used to channel all of the negative thoughts of the things that I would feel towards me and I had a lot of doubt in myself I felt like I wasn't good enough I wasn't confident that I would never feel accomplished that I even the things I was doing I'm not doing enough even if I try to do good with God he's not going to forgive me if I try to like make a step towards him I'm just I'm never going to get it so I might as well not even try like so fearful of making decisions I was always scared I was always scared of making mistakes I felt like if I had the best clothes it completed me if I had the best weave like I was just gonna be real fine like it just not to say like those things aren't important but it's just you channel so much negative energy towards you and there's so much shame attached to that like you begin to just blame yourself and feel worthless 
And that's not what God wants for us. Like, do y'all know the weight we have in the kingdom? And I say this all the time. We are God's masterpiece. When we become his kids, he created us. Why would he not want us to feel empowered and feel confident? But when we channel all this negative energy to ourselves, and I know some people are like, well, how do I stop doing that? You have to process your life. You're going to have to process what's happened in the past, trauma that you've experienced, who who poured into you negatively that impacted your self-esteem, who never poured into you positively, or if they did pour it into you positively, it was on their like own desires or even just off of if they did, it was like the negative things were more in your mind. Like you have to process through that. You're going to have to talk about what that felt like. One, so you can build your self-awareness, but two, when it happens again, you can recognize it and say, oh, I don't accept that. I don't accept folks talking about me badly. And if they do, I'm like, that's your issue. That has nothing to do with me. Period. So these are tools that um, I now use to help me when I beat myself up. Um, And truly beating yourself up is an internal struggle that the enemy uses for you not to ever speak up. Because he knows if you speak up or he or if you think you are speaking up, people are going to judge you. People are going to think you're crazy. People are going to think you're stupid. People are going to reject you. People are not going to listen. People aren't going to understand. And the reality of the situation is there is nothing new under the sun that God has not brought somebody through that may not that is probably similar to what you've experienced. So some of the current things that I do now, um, I have a little wives club, y'all. Like, okay, so I have a friend who's married who I talk to um, about marriage. And then I have two other friends. Um, And the interesting thing is that they both see my current therapist and they're currently like in the beginning stages of seeing her. So it's so interesting to like hear them talk about um, their ahas and therapy it just makes me love my therapist even more but we talk about marriage like we talk about the dirty raw things and baby girl when I say they check me girl they check me I check them and I say check as in not like talking about them but we put each we put each other back in order of who our authority is like we are wives, we are the prophets of our home. We create the environment. We instill the love in our husbands. We are the ones that make our homes be homes of value. And so you got to have a circle of people where you can be transparent that understand where you're going through. Um I talk things out with people. I'm very candid in sharing things. Um, I'm noticing more now because I know I said to y'all like that's been a struggle for me. It still is a struggle sometimes. But I'm doing more with talking things out with people, confessing how I feel so that I don't feel alone. And remember that like identity and worthiness piece. Like for me, I know who I am. Like I know solid who I am as a woman of God, as God's daughter that I'm redeemed, that I'm not held down by my sins, that when I sin, I can ask God for forgiveness. And he works on my heart. Like, I may still mess up sometimes. I may still go off and say something real inappropriate to some, no, I don't say somebody. I may say something inappropriate, but in a way of just like, oh, God, please help me. Like, I just want to take it to another level of God can handle your fears, God's not scared of your fears. God's not scared of your sin. Like he ain't he ain't even thinking about that. He just wants intimacy with his child. He ain't thinking about all the mistakes and all the stuff you've gone through. He's not he's not even concerned. He's so good that he just wants wants you to know like how valuable you are in his eyes, even at the place you are. So I bring the ugly things to him and I say, Lord, I'm really, really struggling. And every single time he shows me love and shows me redemption. And it's lovely because I don't have to feel bound anymore by those things. 
And so this brings me to a scripture of John 1, 1, 1 John 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful, faithful, and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when you bring things to God, not only will he forgive you, but he's so good that he faithfully forgives. He is so loyal. He's never going to discriminate or say, no, nah, I'm not going to forgive you this time. He's, it says he's faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us. You know what cleansing means? I don't know what the word means definition wise, but just thinking about like if you go go work out and you had a hard, good workout and you're all sweaty and then you go take a shower and you just feel so clean afterwards. That's what the love of God is when we ask for forgiveness from all, not just some. This is all unrighteousness. So there's nothing that you've done or there's nothing that you could feel bad about to God to where he would literally not love you through it. I have brought some ugly things to God. And now, you know, I know I have to get on this podcast and I talk to y'all about some of the things like my celibacy and just like all of those stuff. That's ugly stuff that I've asked for forgiveness for because I'm past it. And I share that and some people are probably like, oh my God, I cannot believe she shared that on a microphone to people. Imagine the stuff I don't tell y'all that I tell the Lord. If I can get on a microphone and talk about that, like imagine the things I don't tell y'all that I tell God that are ugly, real ugly, sis. And I do it because I love him. And I know that even though it reminds me of why Jesus did what he did and why God wanted connection with us and why he sent his son, like he wanted to be able to take it. So he had to send someone so that we were forgiven. And so it's so good to be able to have that kind of father and to share that relationship with him. Um, another thing that has shifted in my life is along with the beating up or along with the second thing, uh, but this is the third thing, is people pleasing. Oh, baby, you talk about the number one people pleaser in the world. I mean, I probably can't say the world because there's a lot of people and I don't know the level of everyone's people pleasing. But this one was the biggest people pleaser because I didn't handle rejection well. And I'm going to put that actually as another episode. I'm going to talk about rejection. And I think I'm going to bring my girl Charm Lewis to talk about that because she's bomb when it comes to talking about rejection. But basically with people pleasing is you keep doing all these things for other people because you don't want the disappointment of reject of them rejecting you. So you keep doing things, sacrificing your own happiness for the purpose of pleasing them. And overall, you're drained. If I keep doing this, they'll just, they'll always be here. What if they're not? You don't want the feeling of them not being there. So you keep settling or you keep overdoing or overcommitting on things that really are just draining you, girl. You're tired. If I don't do this for them, they're going to be mad at me. What are they going to think if I do this? Or what if I say no? Or does that mean our relationship is going to end? And I'm, and to be quite honest, this it's rooted in fear. It's rooted in fear that somebody's not going to be there. And to be all, to be quite honest, the only thing you need in this life is the father. And I know that may sound crazy because we're comfortable with people. We get comfortable within those relationships, but comfortability is not always the best thing when it's sacrificing your mental health and your joy. Period. I'd rather be by myself. And even though I love my husband, I love him and I don't ever have a complaint. I'd rather just be me and him and God. Actually, I really do like friends, but in everything I do first, I do it for God. Like, Scripture wise, Ephesians 5.10, try to learn what pleases the Lord. Try to learn what pleases God. Romans 12 and 1. So then, my friends, because of God's great mercy to us, I appeal to you, offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service and pleasing him. This is the true worship that you should offer. 
Our whole calling in life is to worship God. This is the true worship, that we do the things that please him. But if you don't even know what pleases God, it's hard for you to be able to do that because you're pleasing other people. You have to figure out what is pleasing to God. God will bring you relationships that fulfill you. I mean, the amount of relationships that I have been able to have that fulfill me, that pour back into me. My little wives club, even as small as we are, like I love those girls because I'm able to be transparent and bear the burden of what I'm feeling, not in a people pleasing way, but truly because God desires me to have good relationships. And I please God by asking him for people that are going to pour back into me. And so it pleases me to please God. It pleases me to please my father. Even if sometimes I don't know what that looks like. Um, I don't do things. I try to not do things. I'm not saying I don't do things, but I try to not do things with the selfishness of myself because I'm telling you in times that I have done things with selfishness, even recently, like last month, I did something for, I don't really want to talk about that, but I did something for the purpose of trying to fulfill my own selfish desires and it backfired in my face. And God checked me and said, you don't control other people. You're trying to control people and be manipulative. And so he had to check me and turn me back to him to say, like, God, I got to first please you. So. So, yeah, that's number three. People pleasing is a big one. I think I'm going to do an episode on that. So it's going to be in the works. The fourth thing that has shifted in my life is I desire healthy relationships. Being around other people that think higher than me or even thinking on the same level as me is something that I truly that has truly shifted in my life that I don't think that I knew before starting therapy. Um, And I also want y'all to think of it from the lens of the disciples. Like think about when Jesus was in the boat and um, the waves were really, and I think I even have the scripture, Matthew 8, 24 through 27. And so, they woke Jesus up at the bed and said, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And Jesus was like, bruh, this is the scripture. Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up, rebuked the wind and the waves. And suddenly they were, they, there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. And I want you to listen to this. Who is this man? They asked, even the winds and waves obey him. Bruh, Jesus thought on a higher level to the point to where he was like, okay, look, I'm just finna just like do this. Wham, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. And keep it pushing and go back to sleep. And the disciples were like, how did he do that? Like, how is he able to stop the wind? The wind and the waves obey him. Like, who is this person? Jesus thought on a higher level. So imagine the disciples were like in amazement of like, who is he? They desired to be around him so much. They followed him everywhere he went because they understood that there was a higher way of thinking um, and a way that where there was an awareness. He was close to the father. He was near the father. So even for me now, like. I don't think like I used to think anymore. And so, and it's honestly sometimes really hard for me to um, have conversations where people beat themselves up, not in a sense of judging them, but I sometimes want to say like, you don't have to be in that place. You don't have to stay there. And so when it's like, they don't want to move, it's like, I can't, I can't get back down to that level way of thinking because I'm thinking up here in the sense of a healed space and no, and again, like I said, no judgment, it's nothing to judge. It's only to say like, we have the authority. And so I want to be around people that think highly of themselves and think in a way. And, and I know people say like, you got to be around people that, um, you are the sum total of your five people you hang around and you got to be around people that are better than you and all this kind of stuff. It's like, I truly desire that and understand why. 
What if Jesus was like, oh my God, we can't get the wind to calm down. Like everybody would have been freaking out. But there was somebody that brought a solution and the disciples were like, I want to be around that. That's the kind of people I want in my life. I want people that have a way of thinking where they know God could do the impossible. They know God can do the almighty and they're not afraid of that. And that's like the way that I want to, that's the way I want to think all the time. So I want to be around people who think that way. So the fifth and final thing that has shifted in my life is, like I said, it's easier for me to get back on track mentally. I'm very self-reflected of my triggers and the things and triggers as in um, the things that I recognize get me frustrated, get me overwhelmed get me to a point to where I'm not thinking clearly um, or when I'm off with um, spiritually, when I haven't been in front of in front of God, I recognize the shift that happens in my life. I'm very self-reflective and I just no longer blame others for the reason as to why things are the way they are. Like it's so easy for me to say, it's easy for me to say, Oh, I'm like this because my mom was this way da, 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 um, when I was growing up. Like, I'm always going to be living in the past if I do that. But recognizing that, yes, my mom may not have always done the best thing as a parent, or my dad may not have done the best thing as a parent. But for me to continue to live life and blaming them means that I don't get to recognize that what I'm doing right now is my choice. It's not my parents' choice. I'm almost a 30-year-old woman. Like, I can't keep blaming other people for the reason as to why I'm where I'm at. And blaming also deflects our our responsibility. Like, we have a responsibility. And if we just keep blaming and keep saying, like, other people is this reason, this and that, we only deflect our responsibility. It's your responsibility as a beautiful woman or handsome man to take care of your mental health. It's not anyone else's responsibility. And so you have to choose to be able to make the choice to start doing so and taking care of it. Because keep blaming. Once you walk through your past and kind of see what, yes, there were some deficits, But God ultimately has all of the resources for us available. But we do have to deal with what brought us to that point um, and be better with not blaming others. So to wrap up, because those were my five points, again, like I said, my goal is to be able to share the other side of therapy with you. And um, we're going to talk about core beliefs and identity the uncomfortable side of relationships and relationship shifts that have happened in therapy and after therapy, the areas of my life I'm still growing in, Holy Spirit checking you, and I'm adding in people pleasing and rejection. I may add more topics as we go. So that's all for this week. I love you all. I know this was a jam-packed episode, but I really hope you enjoyed it. And I cannot wait for you to listen to this amazing series God bless you and I'll talk to you soon.